Good day, Brigade. This is Bobby, and welcome to our episode where we're going to be talking about cooperatives. We like to call this one Don't Hate, Cooperate. But first we get in that, we're going to give you a little fact here. Did you know that more twins are being born now more than ever? Really interesting when you think about it. In fact, the science of twins itself is really fascinating and interesting to look up. Anyways, moving on with the show. So, as stated earlier, we're going to be covering cooperatives in this episode, cooperative economics, and why we love the concept of them so much. First and foremost, what is a cooperative? Well, a cooperative is a type of business and company or corporation that is owned by the workers or consumers depending on the individual cooperative. Usually, it's owned collectively and decisions are made on a democratic basis in which all owners have an equal share and an equal vote. Basically, it's the closest you're going to get to economic democracy in the modern day. Similar would be joint stock companies, but there's a huge difference in that individual investors can get into that and not have to put any contribution towards the business at all beyond investment. And a bunch of other things that differ from the typical form of corporation. So, what exactly is within cooperative economics? Well, the cooperative economic thing itself is actually a study within the management of cooperatives, cooperative studies, and political economy. I know, cooperative studies seems like, well, what are you talking about? Basically, it's comparing various ideas within cooperatives, how you can design them better and more effectively, and the political consequences of cooperatives and things like that. In fact, one of the major debates in cooperative economics overall is between cooperative federalism and cooperative individualism. So what are cooperative federalism and cooperative individualism, obviously? Cooperative federalism is the school of thought that favors consumer cooperative studies. Historically, its proponents include Charles Gidd as well as Paul Lambert and Beatrice Webb. Cooperative federalists argue that consumers should form cooperative wholesale societies, basically federations in which all members are cooperators, And the best example would be the CWS in the United Kingdom. What is the CWS? It is... Well, if you're in Britain, it's known as the Co-op. It's a consumer cooperative with a diverse family of retail businesses going... Basically, think cooperative Walmart in Britain. That's probably the easiest way to describe it. It covers a lot of stuff. Anyways, back to it, basically they argue that these cooperative wholesale societies should undertake purchasing farms or factories and argue that profits from these cooperatives should be paid as dividends to the member of cooperators rather than to their workers. What is cooperative individualism now? It's the school of thought favoring workers' cooperatives. The most notable proponents of workers' cooperatives are the Christian socialists in Britain, with writers like Joseph Reeves, who put forth it as a path to state socialism, where in in the different sorry kind of got stalled out here on my notes anyways the major difference between the two comes from where the dividends go in cooperatives individualism a lot of the cooperative 
a lot of it goes, sorry about this, I'm kind of running on the pinch here. They go to the workers. You know, basically get paid for your work. It basically goes into a form of concept of market syndicalism. This is where we start heading towards where we believe. So, what are, co- are cooperatives capitalist or socialist? They're both and neither. Cooperatives are best argued as syndicalist, in which basically the owner, someone who basically benefits as society as a whole, controlling the means of production. Sorry, I am really scrambling my words. I sincerely apologize for this. But basically, it's a societal control of the means of production, and this can be taken out in a variety of ways, and usually you'd argue this tends towards socialism. However, syndicalism can have capitalist elements, and from time to time does. In fact, cooperative economics can even cover an entire concept. You could argue that cooperative federalism focuses more on the idea of capitalism over socialism. In fact, many have thought that such a thing... Such an idea of cooperative economics can be used to put forth anarchism and make it work effectively with anarcho-syndicalists. One of the most notable anarcho-syndicalists being a guy named Rudolf Rocker, a really fascinating individual, by the way. He coined the term anarchist without adjectives, but he was arguably an anarcho-syndicalist. But why? Why do we keep pushing for cooperatives? Why do we? Well, aside from our own personal ideology believing that cooperatives should be the dominant form of economic production and the meat owners of the means of production, for us, we're kind of like in between the two of cooperative federalism and cooperative individualism, if being perfectly honest. Honestly, the idea is that mathematically, time and time again, cooperatives have proven to be the most effective method. Their businesses tend to be more successful in their first five years of formation. They historically work and focus on the interests of their consumers and or workers because that's where they're getting their input from. That's who put them in their positions of power and that's who's gonna keep them there. And it actually creates a business that works more for everybody and not just in the hands and ideas of a few crazy people who happen to hold a lot of fucking money. Because that's just insane. The idea is basically to try to democratize economics as much as politics. We are very strong proponents in this idea because it just makes sense. There is a more equal form to it. When you go with cooperative economics, everyone is on an equal footing. Everyone has equal and fair and valid output. Input. Sorry. But it's this input that's so valuable, because you're going to get voices and ideas that aren't just run over, stale, dry, or coming from some crazy, maniacal son of a bitch who happens to have a shit ton of money. I know, we keep saying that a lot, but look at how economics in America and just the world today works. There are a few crazy people with a shit ton of money that work towards crazy ideas, which gives us a lot of weird stuff from time to time from time to time. In fact, it's not even saying that cooperative economics would completely prevent this. It's just it would democratize this and reduce this greatly, as most people would probably be more focused on creating businesses and companies and cooperatives that work more for the people as a whole, because that's what's going to benefit. That's what's going to profit, and that's what's going to help them. It just would make sense. 
people are not going to automatically just choose what sounds fun to them. Well, unless, of course, you create a society in which that happens. You could argue that that's really what's happening right now with a lot of things in our society. And it's, quite frankly, really ridiculous. But I digress. The point is, cooperatives have proven that they are more effective at serving the needs of the people, serving the needs of their society, serving the needs of their workers, and doing it all while still being a successful, arguably more successful business than any other form of business model. Now, back in the 19th century and back in the 16th century and such, when cooperatives were still very experimental and largely new, there were a lot of hiccups and such, but that's only natural from many of these ideas. You've got to start with something basic. And that's kind of where we want to expand onto on this, is not all ideas are going to be perfect the first time around. But if you work together and try to get as many and diverse viewpoints as possible, you're going to get a better result each time. Just like a cooperative. If you have people working together, coming up with ideas that they believe will mutually benefit the group and further them as a whole, then they're going to be pushing forward these ideas. Humans aren't intrinsically irrational. A lot of people like to say humans are rationally irrational. We believe that being totally rational wouldn't necessarily be conducive or beneficial to us. However, maintaining a facade, maintaining a facade of irrationality can make us more approachable and socially acceptable. And when you come to think about it, it's very right. Think about how many people seem more so approachable, but also seem like complete oafs. But in reality, may know very well what they're talking about. Example, Boris Johnson. That guy looks like a fucking nut. And personally, I think he is a fucking nut. Seriously, there is something off about that guy. Just look into those eyes and tell me he's sane. Anyways, Boris Johnson puts on this kind of boyish, clumsy, comedian kind of act. This has been his thing for... Boris Johnson. This is just Boris Johnson the character. But this character is what would be the irrational Johnson. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Terrible child humor kicking in right now. But this would be the irrational Johnson. The face that he puts on that may not necessarily look super smart or intelligent, but it gets you to pay attention. It gets you to want to know more and figure out what this guy is going on about. The rational Johnson is the one that controls the irrational Johnson. My god, please hold your laughter. <laughs> So the Rational Johnson, so to speak, holds the Irrational Johnson, yes, now we're doing it deliberately, into this sort of fake puppet show in which they try to draw people in and then work these people towards working towards their actual goals. This is like the most common thing in politics and arguably how human society functions. Not entirely or in its totality, but we can all say we put on a face for society, and that face isn't necessarily rational. However, there is a rational actor that may or may not be controlling the face that does want to behave and work towards a particular goal, whether it is beneficial for all or not. But going back to the whole point, people aren't 
automatically irrational. The irrational puppet may behave irrationally, but that does not mean people themselves are irrational. In going towards this, they will most likely make the decisions that are best and wisest for themselves and likely others. This is where the idea of cooperative individualism comes in, not the one we're talking about with the economics. We're talking about cooperative we're talking about cooperative individualism as a social philosophy here, in which one helps others for the interest of the self. The same basic idea would be at play here is that one would help others to help themselves. You're not aiming to try to take advantage of anyone else. You're not aiming to have others be taken advantage of or anything like that. But you apply this philosophy towards the individualism we have in America today and you might begin to create a more compassionate people and a more rational base of voters. Not just for a political concept, but even for an economic concept and even push towards more of an economic democracy in which cooperatives are the dominant form and people get to vote and decide on what happens within their workplaces and the places they shop. This is just sensible. You're putting back what belongs to people in the first place. You're taking power out of people's hands who don't need that power, and you're diversifying your ideas, diversifying your options, and diversifying your goals. Some may argue that the concern might be over-diversification or a less rational audience, as we have said before. But again, this is why we take the time to educate and try to help understand things and get a better idea of things. This is why the education of the populace, both political, economic, or really anything, I think we can arguably say if this pandemic has taught us anything, education of the people should be highest of the highest priority without question. We're not saying that you have to necessarily be a master of all subjects, but you should try to know a little bit about most things. Yeah, you can pick something to specialize in. In fact, that would be ideal, is get a small basic generalist knowledge that'll help you survive and be rational, and not necessarily do something intrinsically stupid like defy something reasonable for the sake of defiance and have no other goal. Hint, hint. Seriously, just get vaccinated. God damn, it's not that hard, it's not that bad, and quite frankly, it's... There's no... Why wouldn't you? Sorry, got off on a tangent there. But, basically, there's no reason you shouldn't be doing what's rational or trying to work to help others, because it will always come back to help yourself. This is the main idea behind cooperative individuals. I guess I shouldn't say always. It will often come back to help you. Many people might consider this karma. Yeah, in a way. You can see it as karma. In fact, the 14th Dalai Lama has, has even spoken of a form of cooperative individualism, otherwise known as selfish selflessness. I'm pretty sure some of you might be aware of that. But anywho, as people begin to be more rational and be more compassionate, but can still consider the possibility of themselves, they will tend to work towards a more effective and more beneficial society for everyone, because that's what benefits them. We've got to stop fighting this miseducation and such, and get rid of it just entirely. Don't try to feed it or entertain it, just dismiss it. We gotta know, we just... 
got to push forward the education because that's how you create a rational voter base. That's how you create an effective democracy. And that's just how you benefit and push everyone forward. We apply this idea to economic democracy, we're put in towards cooperatives, and we get a more effective economy. We have seen this. There is countless stories of this. Ocean Spray is a cooperative. Welch's is a cooperative. King Arthur Flower is a cooperative. All three of these are very successful businesses. CWS is one of the largest cooperatives. There's major cooperatives within Spain. This is an idea that works. And a rational society would push forward for this. It's just sensible. If you made it this far with us, thank you for listening. This has been a really hard episode in particular, not necessarily because of the subject matter, but rather because the particular week it's been so far. It is... It has not been an easy one. If you're still listening, again, thank you. If you want to support us, you can go to anchor.fm backslash bobby b-a-h-b-i dash barnett b-a-r-n-e-t-t Again, you don't have to. If you do, it would be great and we'd love you forever and ever and ever. But this is a passion project nevertheless. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful night.